Welcome to Liberty Monks Podcast. James Mundy here, as always, with Brother Mike Mundy. Brother Mike Mundy doesn't have any audio tonight because... Hello! <laughs> there we go. Because anyway, we've had some technical difficulties all day, so uh, we were able to figure some of that stuff out. And we have an awesome, awesome opportunity tonight. Uh, if you're a regular listener, you've heard David Sorensen on our show now twice, once on the podcast and once on the live show. And um, I tell you what, whenever David comes on, there is there is no lack of information, no lack of passion, no lack of faith. It is incredible. Uh, we are so fortunate that we have gotten to know David Sorensen uh, over the last, I don't know, six months to a year. I don't even, the time is flying by like crazy. But he is ready to go, and he is in the studio, virtual studio, and here he is right now. David, welcome back to Liberty Hi, Great to see you, man. Yeah, glad to be back, guy. Yep, absolutely. Um, well, hey, listen, um, we we have had an incredible, incredible time talking to you and getting to know you, and we're here tonight because I know you've got some big news that you're going to be talking to us about, but... And I want to make sure we hit a lot on that and give you the floor to, to explain what it is people can expect when you launch what you're about to launch this Saturday on the 28th of January. But um, just in, in the meantime, David, until we, before we get to that, give us a little bit of insight here. We've talked about a lot over, over the last two times we've talked to you. We've talked about <laughs> we've talked about the true nature of this world, the, the people that are really behind who really runs the show. We've talked about a lot of the content you have on your website. Uh, David is the founder of stopworldcontrol.com. And in, in addition to doing many, many things, um, that website in particular, folks, uh, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, I tell you what, it's, it's if not the best resource, it, it, it may be the best resource out there right now to find the truth about what's happening in our world and what we are up against. And, and David, our first interview we did with you went gangbusters and um, you talked about all sorts of things, including the true, the, you know, the, the absolute rulers, the people that actually are behind the tyranny that we're seeing. And it isn't necessarily government, you know, there they might be some of the face people, but it's so much deeper than that. And um, just would love to, for love to you to kind of just recap what it's been like over the last year for you, just what it is you've been able to uncover. And I know that might be a lot, but just wanted, wanted to get some more insight from you on just some things that have come to light for you that perhaps you didn't know before that have, have, have become apparent to you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, James. Thank you, Mike. It's awesome to be here. Um, <laughs> you're asking me a very difficult question to recap <laughs> what I've learned past year. Yeah, I know. We have like 50 hours or so. <laughs> hey, we can so extend it for 50 really, hours. Really How much energy recap. you got tonight, man? Yeah. So <laughs> what has been most shocking to me and what is probably most shocking to everyone is that we are all learning that our world is a theater show. It's literally, you know, there's no other word, no better words to describe it that, than that our world is a theater show. That everyone we think has power is just a puppet. They're literally a puppet on a bunch of ropes. Um or lines, or how you call that in English, controlled by hidden puppet masters. And that has been, you know, challenging for me because we were all raised with the idea that there's there's something like democracy and there are elections. and But nothing could be further from the truth. And so this Saturday, we will have um, 
an event where a film will be released to the whole world in seven languages at once. More languages will follow later on. That actually talks about this. How, for example, the United Nations is a visible organization on the uh, stage of the world theater. Just like the World Health Organization, just like our governments, just like um, the World Economic Forum, they are all, you know, it's a stage, it's a theater set up for the people. And the real entities who have the power make sure that they are never seen. They make sure that they remain in complete obscurity so that nobody can ever hold them accountable. And so people are angry at Biden. People can be angry at Trump. People are angry at Justin Trudeau and all these other guys. But they are all just performers on the stage, even Trump. And, you know, I have had several dreams from God about Trump because I had to know in the work that I do, I had to know beyond the shadow of a doubt, is he good or is he evil? You know, we all know his, his past. We all know that he, he, he is on photographs with, with uh, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. You know, he, he has done stuff. He has been places that are, are not the, the most, you know, holy or proper or good places to be. And so I had to know, is this a good guy or not? And God gave me dreams, several dreams in a row, very supernatural, very clear dreams. And, you know, I'll, to, to just explain it a little bit to people, um, me and my wife, we be, we've been having dreams from God for decades. We've, our life has been saved through God speaking in dreams. People that were about to hurt us were exposed in dreams. We were warned for other people. We were warned for traumatic situations that were about to happen. And the fact that we were warned prepared us emotionally so we could handle it. Stuff like that. I've had a dream about uh, uh, people on Facebook. A young, uh, um, um, yeah, a couple, man and a wife. I, I had never met them. I didn't really know them. And in the dream, I saw everything about their life, every little detail. I saw how the guy was struggling with pornography. I saw that she had a spirit of self-pity from her ancestors. You know, I saw their struggles in their marriage. I saw their everything. It was a really strange experience. And God told me, you have to share this with them. There's a message in, the, in this to help them. I waited for three months. Three months, I said, Lord, are you out of your mind? I'm going to share this stuff. I don't even know these people. <laughs> I'm not going to write them, hey, I saw this and that about you. you know? <laughs> but after three months, I just felt God say, David, do it. Okay, I shared it. And to my amazement, they replied, so grateful. And said, everything you said is true. And this is what we needed. And, you know, their uh, marriage is saved. Their, their personal lives are greatly improved. They have even moved from the Netherlands to Austria as a result of this dream. They, you know, God spoke to them. I'm just saying this as a little confirmation that we have experience with God speaking. And when God speaks to us, especially in dreams, you know, we can all think, well, God speaks to, to me in my thoughts. But there you have your own influence. 
But when right. you're asleep, you are totally surrendered. And in the Bible, in the scriptures, we see that those are the moments when God gave the most important, most accurate um, messages to his people when they were asleep. Mary, Joseph, um, Herod, uh, yeah, the wise who, who came from the East. God spoke to them in dreams. And so I got several dreams about Trump and God showed me he is good. He's okay. And so that has helped me a lot. And one of the dreams was right before the election was stolen and, and he, 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 he was seemingly shoved aside, canceled, you know, utterly defeated by fraud. Um, right before that, I had a dream where I was in the White House. I saw Trump and he held me in his arms. He had his eyes closed and he really pressed my head against his heart. He pressed my head against his heart and it was like, and he held me there and I was kind of uncomfortable because he didn't let go. He just kept holding my head against his heart. And I was like, what is this? Why is he doing that? And I realized the message th that God gave me is stay close to his heart with your mind. You're not going to understand anything. You won't understand a single thing that's going on on this world stage where he is also an actor. He is also, but he, he is on the good side and he is fighting. He's doing things for the public view of the ignorant, brainwashed, totally mind-controlled masses. Uh, he didn't mind-control them. They were mind-controlled for decades upon decades upon decades. That's why he had to... Uh, that's why he had to end the pandemic and the lockdowns through a vaccine, because all the people, even 90% of his followers, were all brainwashed by decades of indoctrination that only a vaccine can save you, only a vaccine can help you, only a vaccine uh, can protect you from disease, which is one of the worst lies in human history. You know, there's more sickness, more destruction, more more suffering in the world since vaccinations have started about a hundred years ago. You know, they're, they're one of the worst acts of blatant terrorism on humanity. And it goes for virtually all vaccines. Autism started, you know, all kinds of autoimmune diseases, all kinds of mental illnesses didn't exist a hundred years ago. There are dozens and dozens of diseases that humanity suffers from now. It's hard to find one person on the earth that is truly healthy. That all that started since vaccinations began. Kids get more than 70 injections when they're born, you know, in the first months. It's total diabolical hellish insanity to inject a little baby with dozens of toxic substances. It's crazy. So, but humanity was completely brainwashed. And then Trump had to stop the lockdowns. He had to stop everything that was going on. The agenda was to have two years of non-stop lockdowns, which would completely destroy all of America, utterly wreck everything. We would have a thousand times more complete worldwide devastation than we have now. People are now, well, we have inflation. This is nothing. We would have no dollar on our bank account if the lockdowns had been going on for two years. Trump short-circuited short everything. He cut them short at eight months. So he, he completely sabotaged the whole plan of the others. But Trump is also, I mean, he is a warrior that is singing to the tune of the masses in order to get them 
to work along with their plan to save America and to save the whole world. But this has been a massively, massively challenging time for all of us to see everything that's going on. And as you mentioned, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say something now that will freak so many people out, but I've heard personally, personally, directly from several people who don't know each other. They are co completely unrelated, but they both come from the highest levels of the cabal of the satanic Luciferian financial elites. They, they both played a different role. They stepped out of it. They both told me that the highest level of the cabal worldwide is not human, that they are from a different frequency, that they have lived thousands of years or hundreds of years. And they gather in Davos three times a year. Nobody hears about it. Nobody goes there with a microphone to interview uh, a CEO from Pfizer, you know, or, or anybody else. Nobody knows about it. This is a completely different level. The World Economic Forum is a puppet theater. Just like everything we see, and this has been the greatest shock. And the interesting thing is that people, you know, especially if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, then you read about it in the Bible. You read about a Nephilim, demons, mm -hmm. fallen angels, all these entities. But still, when we hear it, that indeed this happens in our time and age, in, in the real world, it's like unbelievable. But it shows us that humanity is under attack. Humanity is under the greatest attack of all time, where these entities really go all out to completely enslave every soul on the earth and set up a world tyrannical system that is way beyond even the worst that we can imagine right now. Well, you're right because they've worked so hard at removing anything to do with the Bible and God from the equation. And if you talk to people yeah. out there, I mean, there's some great Christians. There's people that believe now you, you and I have talked about, this is not a time for Christians to be passive because it says right in the Bible, I think it's Romans. I don't remember exactly what verse it is. Romans 9, I can't remember what verse, but it talks about the, the rise of the sons of God, you know, and yeah. you've been very vocal about, you know, Christians are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ and we're supposed to be standing up for what's right, not just sitting back and waiting for him to come back and save everybody. He already did that on the cross. That was his job. That, that was what he did yeah. for us. And so, yeah. you know, they've, they've, they've worked so hard at removing God from the equation and they've been successful at that. But do you think now, because of this awakening, do you think that this is bringing people back? Do you think that people are starting to realize? Because when you do say something like, oh, you know, these absolute rulers are a thousand years old or fifteen hundred years old. And again, you know, you heard this firsthand from two people that were close to the situation. That's that's very difficult, I would imagine, for people to hear. I know when you told me I had a very hard time. We had several conversations over the phone, even off the air, just, you know, one-on-one -on -one about this. And it took me a while to get my arms around that possibility and that potential reality. But if you follow the Bible, that's exactly what the fallen angels mating with humans and what they created, the Nephilim, that's exactly what it was. So do you, yeah. do you think that, for one, I guess this is kind of uh, more than one part of this question, but do you think that this is bringing people back closer to the Father? Do you think that 
that all of this is happening and and that is the outcome that we're seeing across the world absolutely absolutely um so i've been working with uh reiner Fulmig, this this world renowned trial lawyer who has mm -hmm. been successfully suing large fraudulent corporations for almost three decades he's so well known you know i was in um in court a couple of months ago for a traffic violation that i you know i was t totally innocent but uh yeah you know stuff happens and my information was misrecorded so i had to explain that blah 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 anyway i was in court explaining this stuff i walk out of that court and i hear god say to uh so that same evening i would attend a live music performance of a friend of mine in a small cafe here in colorado and it was his first his first uh, yeah, public performance, you know, and we would be there to cheer him on. And I walk out of the court building and I hear God say, the judge that you talk to will be at the performance tonight. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I did not just hear that. That's just, okay, that's just ridiculous. So I go to that bar that night with my family to support our friend. And lo and behold, the judge is there. She sits there with her child and she's just all comfy with friends. I'm like, what on earth? That's exactly what I heard. You know, she would be there. Anyway, I talked to her and uh, I asked, uh, I mean, I shared with her my website, stopprocontrol.com. And I asked her, uh, have you heard about Ryan Fulmich? And yes, she knows about him. You know, and what I found is that there are a lot of judges and lawyers worldwide who know about Reiner Filmich because of his heroic uh, work against fraud and corruption. So she had, I mean, somebody told me that in law school, people learn about Reiner Filmich. So I would have to check that, but he is an authority in the, in the uh, yeah, judiciary worldwide. I worked with him on the film that will be released this Saturday. And I really, really, really invite everyone who sees this to go to stoprollcontrol.com and watch that film because it answers your question. And it is phenomenal. It's the most uh, impressive project I've ever worked on in my entire life. But Reiner told me over the phone, he said, yesterday we had... a." Yeah, a conference, a video conference with lawyers all over the world. He said, we all came to the same conclusion. Ultimately, our battle is spiritual. That is an extremely significant statement from lawyers worldwide. If you consider what you just said, that for the past decades, the cabal has been strategically mind-controlling humanity to completely disconnect us from our creator, completely uh, make us spiritually dead, where science is the new God, and our brain, which is unfathomably, you know, unbelievably limited, a human in his human senses, the doesn't know anything. We are so blind and deaf. Our scope is so limited. We are like these tiny ants walking around in a circle thinking we understand the universe. Come on. You know, so they've tried 
to blind and suppress us. And then now they launch COVID. And what happens? The good, the really good-hearted, true, sincere, intelligent people of this world, they say, as Ranger Fjolmich said in the first interview that I put on my website, he said, I was never spiritual. But now I understand that this is a spiritual thing. And I explained about Jesus Christ um, to Reiner, and he responded with, yeah, very good. You know, so so he's learning. And right now he's with a shaman in Peru. So he's kind of, <laughs> he's like this little toddler in the spiritual things, exploring, you know, everything that has been hidden from him. And I told him, well, be careful with shamans because they tend to in- engage with all kinds of demons, uh, you know, not everything spiritual is good, but, you know, um, we all have to find this out on our own terms. We all walk our journey. But the the film that will be released next Saturday that I made with Reiner Fjolmich is is a film based on an interview that he had with a former executive director from the United Nations, high-level dude who worked, I mean, he was he was the president of the Club of Rome um, in Europe. He, he was the national director of Agenda 21 for the United Nations in Romania. Um, he, he has been all over the world. He's been in all the big meetings. He, he's talked to all the big guys. For almost two decades, he did that, and he walked away. And he exposes the United Nations in a way that is just divine. It is phenomenal. And he reveals what a mask they're wearing and how they're basically an organization used by the hidden oligarchs to rob humanity, steal everything from humanity, enrich themselves while they claim to do good for the people, why they claim to make life better for everyone. But it's only better for themselves. But this man, I mean, this message is going worldwide. He is one of the top whistleblowers in humanity right now. And he literally says, humanity needs to turn back to God. And he talks about God. He talks about our creator. He talks about universe, you know. And this is another thing for decades. Religion worldwide has been infiltrated by the powers of darkness so severely that there has been this mass exodus out of religion by humanity because there's no life, there's no authenticity, there's there's no glory of the, you know, indescribably beautiful God. There's there's words, there's you know blah 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 blah, but there's no presence of the Almighty. So people are like, I I don't care about building and and wasting my time. So they go searching elsewhere and you know i can say a lot more things there is a strategic mind control operation ongoing for the past decades where the cabal forces of darkness they are pushing humanity away not just from god but towards a new kind of spirituality where they are led to believe that we are god you know and that is the same rebellion the same corruption perversion as what is in the heart of the fallen angels they wanted to be god they wanted to be equal to god they rebelled against the divine authority of the almighty they were like i'm powerful too i'm glorious too look at what i got yeah 
God gave it to you, dummy. You didn't create yourself, duh. You know, but still, they allowed pride in their innermost being. They 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 rebelled against their creator, and they present themselves as God to humanity. They say, follow me. I'm going to be your spirit guide. I'm going to guide you and help you so that you will never seek help from your true guide and the creator of heaven and earth, because you will depend on me, and I'm going to be your God. You know, the, they're... All they want is to rule over humanity, be it through atheism, be it through science, be it through occult spiritism, be it through all kinds of magic and witchcraft, be it through sorcery and divination, be it through new age, be it through uh, aliens, you know, be it through some intergalactic space force that's going to save everyone. They want to rule over humanity pose themselves as the saviors and the heroes and the helpers of humanity as long as the people don't come home in the loving embrace of their true father, of their true creator. Because once that happens, and I'll tell you from my own experience, I was beat up as a child. My parents wanted to kill me when I was uh, yeah, just conceived. I had several accidents that were intended to kill me. You know, I was struck by a car. I flew through the air. A lady leaped forward and caught my head right in time before it crashed on the concrete and would have killed me. I was in a traffic one day in the Netherlands, late at night in the winter. There were like four or five lanes. Everybody was racing like crazy. Suddenly in front of me, this car starts swerving and braking and, you know, and I was just heading straight for him. I saw death right in the eye and suddenly it felt as if my steering wheel was seized from me and my car just swerved swiftly through all the crazy traffic. And in a flash second, I found myself in safety at, um, how do you call that safety lane next to the highway? Oh, the median? Lane. Oh, gotcha. Breakdown lane, yeah. I mean, I was sitting there. I've had so many of these experiences where I should have been killed. I almost killed myself because I saw no meaning in life. I was too traumatized. But, you know, everything is intended. But, no, I have to go back in my uh, train of thoughts. I was a very broken young man. I was on drugs. I was traumatized. I had been abused by my dad, not sexually, but, you know, he used to hit me. I have scars all over my body. Um, he, he left our family eight times, I think. I was broken beyond brokenness. I stuttered so badly. I had a, st a stutter. I couldn't speak. Sometimes I called people on the phone, and when they picked up, I could not utter a word. At school, they, they um, how can I say that? In, um, um, yeah, in English. I didn't have to do verbal presentations because I couldn't speak. I went to psychologists, to speech therapists, to psychiatrists. Nobody could help me. Then I encountered God in a very real way. I had an experience where I literally, literally saw my... Uh, ceiling disappeared. It vanished totally. And I saw, you know, something that I, there are no words to describe this. So anything I'm going to say is just like, 
yeah, silly. It doesn't even come near to describing what I saw, but words that I can choose to describe it are eternal, incredible majesty, indescribable beauty, you know, unfathomable glory and power. I saw this realm, this dimension that had no boundaries, no ends. It was nothing but majesty, glory, power, beauty, incredible. And out of that came two huge hands that picked me up like a dad picks up his little baby and he held me in his arms. That was the moment where I came home in the arms of my father, my creator. And later on, my friends at the Royal Academy said, David, you changed from a devil into an angel, you know? And so then a, a, a process took place in my life where I learned more and more about God. I had encounters with Jesus. I mean, I've seen Jesus twice, literally, you know, he was right there and he spoke to me and everything changed in me. And I had these encounters because of what I have to do. The work I have to do is so traumatizing, so difficult. I only reveal like 5% of what I know through stop world control. People haven't got a clue. They, 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 people can't handle it. And I, I can't send people to a psychiatrist by showing them everything that I know. But there is what's really happening in, happening in this world is just, you know, it's the depths of evil are so deep and so dark. I mean, they have no boundaries to their evil, just like God has no boundaries to his goodness and his glory. So when God exposes evil, we see what evil does when it's unchecked. And it's, it's, it, it, it's too cruel for our comprehension. I've had times where I wept for weeks and weeks after seeing stuff. I was like, you know, but anyway, for me, God became an incredible reality, not a religion. And I told people I didn't join some freaking religion. I encountered the God who loves me more than I love myself. I mean, he picked me up like a piece of rubble, like just, you know, I was a mess, a mess in any way. And he picked me up and he loved me and he healed me. And over the years, he started healing me and started showing me more and more of his goodness. And he restored my identity. He, um, he, he healed my, my emotions. And now he's using me to bring hope and truth to many millions all over the world. And the reason I'm saying this is for the following. These dark entities, these criminals... These forces of evil, they don't care if you mess around with demons. They don't care if you say, I worship the universe. Yeah, what the heck? The universe is just something that has been created. It's like I worship Mother Earth. You're worshiping a creation, buddy. Come on. It's the same thing as bowing down before a wooden statue and burning candles and saying this statue is going to save me. No, you're worshiping that which is created. You're not in touch with the creator. You are in touch with the creation. Hmm. And that's what the power of darkness always want to do. Disconnect people. Oh, look how spiritual you are. You're so spiritual. You're doing this and you're chanting and you're opening your third eye and you're drinking special potions and you're, you know, oh, you're so spiritual. No, you're not. You haven't got a clue who your father is. You haven't got a clue how loved you are. You haven't got a clue where you truly belong. And these powers of darkness, that's what they want. They want to keep humanity disconnected. First, they did it with the Enlightenment. You know, uh, that, that resulted in, in uh, 
the idea, well, humanism and everything has to be rational and I only believe in what I see, you know, that didn't work. So then people started waking up again that there is a spiritual reality. So they said, oh, yeah, 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 there's a spiritual reality. And look what they're doing. Disney is one of the 13 satanic bloodlines. He's one. Disney was at the very top of the cabal. What's was his message to humanity? Magic, sorcery, witchcraft, all that kind of stuff. And they take humanity and say, move towards the dark side. But you'll think it's the light side. They always hide their true intentions. Once a person wakes up from all of this and understands, I'm not here to play the spiritual one. I'm here to be a little child who comes home in the eternal arms of a God who loves me more than I can even, I mean, we cannot even imagine this. The love he has for us is, is, it is unfathomable. It's, we don't know this on the earth. We don't know it among, amongst humans. People betray us. People fail us. People hurt us. But God is always there with his love, his embrace, his healing, his comfort. You know, he is perfect love. But once a human being truly comes home and starts walking with God, you know, and God is not this man with a beard. No, he is, he created man and woman both as an expression of himself. Okay. So he's, he's not like this male dude. No, he is, he created women as an expression of who he is, he created men as an expression of who he is, okay? And both father and mother, both represent aspects of our beautiful creator. And Jesus called him father. But once a human being truly comes home and starts walking with the father as a child and allows both healing and discipline, allows... Um, you know, light to shine so that darkness in ourselves can be exposed and expelled. Over the years, people who truly are, who truly are raised, so to speak, by our Heavenly Father, they become so powerful, they become so, you know, filled with His Spirit that they become the ones, you know, God created us, I'll explain it this way. When we go to the very, very beginning of Genesis. Who did God appoint to rule and reign over all that he created? Not the wicked, not some demon, not the fallen angels. No, he created Adam. And he created, Adam means man, and he created Eve, which means mother. He created them, and it says in Hebrew, after his own image. And after his own image in Hebrew literally means to represent him, to be his representatives, to be his reflection, to be the expression of who God is. Okay? So God didn't just dump some humans on the earth and say, now figure it out. I'm out of here. Um, I'll be on a vacation in Hawaii for 5,000 years and I'll see you then, you know? No, he created them as an expression of who he is. And he said, look, you name all the animals. And you rule and reign over everything I created. So God's intention, the destiny, the purpose of his children 
is to be his ambassadors. We have inherently a divine and royal nature. God created his offspring on the earth to walk with him as his kids who seek his counsel, who get his protection. But he also gives us responsibility and free will. We know robots. He says, you know, when we walk as a son of God, then we, we do everything we do because we love our daddy. We, yeah, because he's so beautiful and so good. And our, our longing is to bring his love to the rest of creation. So, but the destiny of humanity, the destiny of people is to know our father, know our creator, not in a religious way, not in some, some witchcraft magic way. You don't have to burn candles or burn incense or do some weird things. No, he's just here. Just be a little kid and be yourself, be weak, be broken, be who you are. Don't act, don't, you know, don't be spiritual with God. Just be yourself, you know, he, uh, he sees right through us. Once we return to our creator, our father, who's the origin of all life, the giver of everything that's good. He is the one who pours every blessing on us. He's the one who comforts us in pain and struggle. He's the one who lifts us, who lifts us up when we have fallen. You know, he restores us. When we do that, then our original mandate becomes alive. And that's what Christ said. People say, yeah, Jesus came to bring us to heaven. The bullshit, man. Jesus didn't come to, to give us a ticket to heaven. He came to restore the original purpose of the kids of God. He said, now you, you've seen what I do. I heal the sick. I cast out all these, you know, nasty demons. I set the people free. I confront the hypocrisy of those demons who, who pose themselves as the religious leaders in Israel who say, hey, we are the servants of God. Jesus said, you are the children of Satan. He confronted them in their face. You know, those who were vipers, those who were the seed of the serpent. And that's, they are basically the, the, the bedrock of the cabal. But Jesus didn't say, you know, that he was there so that we could go to heaven. No, he said, I heal the sick. I cast out demons. I expose evil. I rebuke wickedness. And now you are going to do the same thing. And now you're going to do more than I did. And he said, if you follow me and listen to my words, then you will sit on the throne with me. Just like I sit on the throne with the father and you will reign with me over the nations. So Christ literally came to redeem the children of God, to restore us into our original, authentic, divine mandate, our calling to be his ambassadors on the earth. And that's why the whole doctrine, which was injected into Christianity in the 19th century by the very top of the satanic elites, by the Rothschilds, they, they hijacked Christianity in the 19th century. Because if you look at history, and I know I'm, I'm sharing a lot of information, but I just, you know, I have just a little time. I'm, I'm going to blow it all out there and trust that those who have hungry, pure, understanding hearts, they will get from it what they have to understand. But for centuries, it were the children of the Most High God who spread out over the whole earth. And they canceled public slavery. They canceled public uh, demon worship. They canceled uh, public human sacrifice. 
they brought humanity back to God. And every nation that became officially Christian started flourishing in a way that was completely historically utterly unprecedented. Every good thing we know in the Western nations is the result of the children of God who brought the redemption of Christ to humanity. And darkness and demons were expelled, were driven into the shadows, and humanity came back to its creator. And, you know, there is, right before this happened, people had to live in fortified cities because the earth was full of bloodthirsty violence. There was war everywhere. There wasn't a safe spot on the earth. The highest civilization of the Romans, they tortured people to death in the circus for the public to enjoy. That's how dark and demonic humanity was. If you go to South America, they cut people's chest open while they were alive. They grabbed their, their beating heart and sacrificed it to their demons. In North America, it was, you know, all over the world, there was demon worship as the standard, as the culture, as the norm. Everybody worshipped demons. In Europe, you had these druids who locked people up in huge statues made from wood. Dozens of people were locked up in giant. They set it on fire and they burned alive. You know, all the earth was darkness and hellish and bloodthirstiness and cruelty of, you know, things we can't even imagine now. In the worst of the worst horror movies, we can see glimpses of that. But then Christ said, you go out. The redeemed children of the Most High God, he said, go out and restore creation, cast out demons. And that's what they did for centuries on end. And more and more peace and more and more restoration came to the earth. But then you had the Rothschilds and the Cabal, those from ancient Khazaria, you know, the, those who worshipped Baal from ancient Babylon, those those who were basically the descendants of Canaan. Joshua had the job to eradicate them from the earth. He didn't do it. So they spread over the earth and they said, we are going to be the rulers over the earth. We are going to be the ones who will take full dominion. And the way we will do it is, and here we have to understand a key principle, an absolute key to unlock our mind. These wicked entities, be it human or spirits, they don't have the blessing from the Most High. They don't have a crown on their head. They have no scepter in their hand. They have no royal robes over their shoulders, no ring on their fingers, and I'm speaking in spiritual terms of authority, blessing, and mandates. They have nothing whatsoever. They are just, they, have, they, they are the outcasts. They are those who have allowed themselves to be totally perverted on the inside. So they were cast out of the glory into darkness where they wanted to be. God did not appoint them to rule over the earth. So the only way that they could achieve their wicked agenda was through deception. They realized if we can deceive humanity, if we can, you know, so, so you have, on the one hand, the children of the Most High God who have the crown, the blessing, and the authority. They are called by the Father to establish his reign of love and truth and goodness on the earth. 
On the other hand, you have the wicked, those who choose darkness and corruption and perversion. They have no blessing, nothing. So how can they rule? By doing this. By closing the senses of the children of God. By lying to them. By constantly manipulating them. Deceiving them. Telling them that you are not the one who's going to reign. I am the one who's going to reign. You have to hush and shush. And you know, just be a good Christian. And shut up. And sit, sit still in church. And wait for the rapture. Meanwhile, I'm going to take control of the earth. In the 19th century, the Cabal, the Rothschilds, they hired several people. One of them was John Darby. He was a Satanist. His family owned the most haunted castle in the world, Leap Castle in Ireland. 150 dead bodies were found in the cellars. Bodies were found in the walls that were put there after satanic sacrifices. John Darby owned that castle. He was part of several occult societies. He worked for the Rothschilds. He was in a direct line with the Rothschilds. He's the one who invented the doctrine of the rapture. He started spreading it. Then they took it to America. They attracted a criminal lawyer, C.I. Schofield, who was an expert in fraud and forgery. He was convicted for this. He was expelled. I mean, he fled to Canada from the law. They attracted him. They made him a member of the secret cult, the exclusive brethren. He was trained in this new end time doctrine that says that Christians have to wait for a rapture and that, you know, that Christ will sit in Jerusalem. He was attracted by the Rothschilds and then he published a Bible which was published by Oxford, by Oxford University, which is also owned by the Rothschilds. He added 400 footnotes in there that tell the Christians evil is going to rule the world. There's nothing you can do about it. So you just shut up, sit in your church and don't stand in our way because this is Bible prophecy. This Bible, the C.I. Schofield Study Bible, was then sent for free to the Moody Bible Institute. To thousands of young pastors who were trained there, they swarmed out over all of America and they spread this Rothschild. 100%. I mean, the Rothschilds are at the very top of Satanism worldwide. If you look at the Rothschilds, they, you know, I mean, they are evil personified. And they are part, you know, I can say a lot of things about them. Homo capensis, you know, elongated skulls. They have different DNA. They have different blood. There's something very interesting going on there. If you look deeper at, at what their roots, their ancient, ancient roots are. But the Rothschilds are part of the top of the cabal. And they are the ones who injected this whole new theology called dispensationalism into Christianity in America in the 19th century. And it spread like wildfire. How did they do it? They censored every pastor speaking out against it. They silenced every theologian who spoke out against it. They financed books and movies that spread all over the place. The exact same thing as what we saw with COVID. Censor every genuine doctor who says that there are cures. Censor every scientist that warns against the vaccines. And tell everybody the vaccines are safe and effective and you won't need them, otherwise you're going to die. That's what they did with this theology. And what happened? 
Christians had been marching forward for centuries and centuries. They were the most transformational, powerful force on the earth because they knew God is redeeming his creation. Christ died at the cross. He gave his blood and his life to redeem all of creation and to bring restoration and healing and deliverance. So they went out and they redeemed the lost children of God. They restored creation wherever they went. They started the first schools, the first hospitals, the first um, orphanages. You know, science was birthed in the womb of Christianity. You know, it all... I'm from Europe. I remember very well that all the uh, healthcare insurance was originally 100% Christian. They were the ones who were taking care of the sick and the broken and the hurting and the poor, etc., for centuries. And then the Rothschild said, now it's our turn. Now we're going to rule the world. And we're going to tell the Christians that this is fulfillment of Bible prophecy so that they will not only stand back, but they will even applaud us. Because they will think that as we, the evil ones, rise to power, the sooner they'll be raptured and be safe in heaven. And this is the exact opposite of what Christ said. He said, you guys go and heal the sick. You cast out the evil spirits. You expose uh, injustice and corruption. You establish righteousness on the earth. You know, you are the ambassadors of the Most High God to restore everything he has created. Christ came to heal and save and this whole new theology that was that totally hijacked, completely hijacked all of Christianity in the 19th and 20th century. It says, you don't have to care about all those millions of children who are being raped and abused all over the world. Don't care about them. Just leave them. You know, all you have to do is wait for a rapture. And make sure you get some people in church so they can also wait for a rapture. It is the most selfish the most stone cold, the most horrible mindset any human being can have. I'm going to cruise safely in heaven while you're going to be tortured in hell. And Christ was the, the, the opposite. He gave his life. He suffered. He was tortured to save the people. But this theology basically robbed the children of the Most High God from their mandate, their authority, their identity to rule and reign with him. And that's why we have all these problems now. And I believe that what we will be seeing in the next decades is a restoration of this, where God will once again deliver his people from religion. Like in ancient Israel, all the people of God suffered on the, uh, under the oppression of religion from the Pharisees. We will experience the same thing where the true branches, you know, those who truly are connected with God, those who truly love him, not to exalt themselves or glorify themselves or get attention or wave a microphone on the stage and get all the praise. No, those who truly live consecrated lives in hiding with the Father. They are being anointed. They are being empowered and healed. And God is going to raise them up worldwide to stand up and say, we are not here to wait for an easy escape, which is, you know, people say, oh, Biden, 
He commits high treason. Well, you commit even far worse high treason if you say, I'm going to abandon humanity. I'm going to abandon all the people in my nation. I'm going to abandon all the families and the children. I'm going to abandon all of you. And I will be in the glory of heaven. That is the worst expression of cold-hearted selfishness that any human being can have. And it's the exact opposite of who Christ and the Father is. He gives himself. He suffers to help other people. And so my message, my message is that we are not here to wait for an easy escape. We are here to, to kick some butt. To, to, you know, first be changed ourselves by encountering our Father, our beautiful, loving Father and Creator, being healed in our emotions, healed in our mind, totally renewed in our thinking, filled with the Holy Spirit, have our hearts broken with His mercy and compassion for suffering humanity, be filled with His love, and then God will use His children all over the world to bring complete restoration. And so I didn't expect to say any of this. We were going to talk about the Saturday <laughs> event. So that's interesting. <laughs> wow. Well, it's, I tell you what, um, every time we talk, I, uh, I am almost speechless because not, not just because of what you're saying. Um, that is, uh, be, there's a lot to unpack with what you just said. It's incredible. Um, but you know, there's I know there's another person that I've gotten to know uh, recently in the last I'll call it last year um, who also has that I'll call it the line to the father yeah you know they, 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 she hears the father speak to her all the time uh, I was speaking with her the other day and literally I was on the phone with her and she's telling me what he was telling her and it was just and you know. Somebody could say, well, that there, she's just making that up. But, you know, no, because what she was saying and how she was saying it doesn't that doesn't mm -hmm. add up. So I knew it was real. Um, one of the things she said was and you just said this in, in, in everything that you just talked about. And there's David, I have I literally have five hundred and sixty two thousand questions <laughs> in my head. Literally, just I'm not I mean, we could if you said 50 hours, that's probably on the light <laughs> side of how long we could go. And I know we can't do that tonight. But, you know, I want to I want to get to I want to I want to get to talking about Saturday's big event here shortly. Um, but one of the things that um, I wanted to ask you was, well, how do I phrase this? Um, one of the things that she told me, her name is Sheila, one of the things Sheila told me was that God tells her. My people don't know yeah. me. And she said that when they go to church and when they, you know, when they, when they go on holiday and they, they, they worship on certain holidays, they, they're praying to the wrong yeah. God. And he, she said that she said that my people don't know me because they're being steered away yeah. from me. And then, so I, again, I, there was so much even in that conversation to unpack, but when she said, my people don't know me in your, in your, from your perspective, what did you, what is, what if she said that to you? What do you, what does she mean by that? Okay. We have to look at what's going on in the world. The Satanists, people who serve the forces of darkness and the spiritual forces, you know, people and spirits, 
they are darkness. What they do is turn everything upside down, everything. The judiciary is meant to punish and protect the good people. What happens, it's extremely difficult to find a single judge, even in America, that is righteous and just. Vast, vast, vast majority of them are so corrupt. They defend evil. They protect the criminals and they punish the righteous and the good. Law enforcement is meant to maintain the law to protect the people. What have we seen during COVID? All over the world, millions of law enforcement beat down violently like beasts, like bloodthirsty wolves. They just threw themselves on the innocent, law-abiding, peaceful people who didn't do anything wrong, but they devoured them. I sat in front of my computer and I wept so often when I saw these video clips of little children being beaten till they bleed and dragged over the street by 10 men, you know, who think there's something beating a little kid or an elderly woman and beating elderly men into the hospital because they are ordered by criminals. Law enforcement worldwide has for a large part become the opposite of what it is. Healthcare is meant to eradicate disease and heal humanity. What has it become? The exact opposite. Vaccines kill more people yeah. than anything else. The pharmaceutical industry is the most toxic industry humanity has ever known. You know, uh, if you look at governments, governments are meant to be the representation of the people to protect them against tyrants. The exact opposite is true. Governments are servants of tyrants and they oppress the people. If you then look at God, at religion, the exact same thing happens. They turn everything upside down, everything upside down, everything upside down. Christ said, have compassion with humanity. Pour out your life for them. Heal them. You know, restore them. Restore the earth. And what has Christianity become? The exact opposite. Leave humanity in the claws of demons. Abandon them. Don't care about them. And wait for, you know, our blessed hope to be raptured out of here while humanity burns behind us. We are going to cruise in heaven. It's the exact opposite. And that's why people don't know God. God has been replaced by the, the opposite of him. And something else, Jesus Christ said very passionately, way more passionate than I can ever be. I mean, he went in, in, into the temple and he started kicking tables upside down. He started hitting people with a whip. I, I ain't doing that. You know? I, I can be passionate, but I, 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 Christ gave his life for us. That's how passionate he was. He bled for us at the cross. That's how how on fire he was for us. But, you know, I, I, I lost my train of thought. Well, anyway, people think, <sighs> your question is, how would you explain that people don't know God? Mm -hmm. when, I, when God started using me to preach, 
I had a stutter, very severe stutter, very bad. I literally couldn't speak. It was something like this. So I tried to speak, and then I wanted to buy a bottle of butter, butter. I couldn't say the, the word milk, so I said in the shop, you know, my mother sent me to buy coffee. I came home with milk because I couldn't say the letter milk, you know. I stuttered really bad. Wow. And then God put me in front of churches. And I can tell you, the very first time I was asked to, well, yeah, the very first time I was, no, even further back. <laughs> Okay, the really very first time that I spoke in a church, it was when I got baptized and I gave a testimony. Afterwards, an elderly lady came to my mother and she said, will you make sure that David never does that again? I literally couldn't understand the word he was trying to say. That was the first time. The second time I was in a church where people are very open to the Holy Spirit and things were happening there that I, I, I'd never seen in my life, you know, like <laughs> not the orderly church, but stuff happening. Anyway, I got a major encounter with God there. I cried for two hours. The next Sunday I came back and they had heard about my experience then in that church the week before. This lady comes up to me. She grabs my arm. She drags me to the front to testify. I thought, okay, now I'm dying. Now I'm going to heaven. You know, I, I, I couldn't speak. It was like, it literally felt as if they were dragging me to chop my head off. In the Middle Ages, you know, on, on this platform, and this guy with the hood yeah. on chops off your head. That's how I felt. She's dragging me to the platform, you know. But then something happened. I stood there, and they gave me a microphone. And for the first time in... I don't know how many years I opened my mouth and this river flowed out of me of words that I had no clue what I was saying. My whole body started buzzing and sizzling under the power of God. And I started sharing things and speaking and the whole church exploded. They all started cheering and clapping and shouting this and that. For the first time in my life, I experienced God in my brokenness. And people got healed and there, there, there was a guy who had... Um, yeah, he was yeah, he was a prodigal son and he gave his life back to Christ that day. And you know, but that was a divine setup. It took me by surprise. The next time that I was invited to speak in a church, I sat there at the very back of the church, next to the door, and I said, Okay, I can still escape. I can still run away. I don't have to do this. <laughs> and then they called my name and I was like, <gasps> you know. But the, the same thing happened. God just came. And then I went to a school of ministry in England. And in English, I studied even more. And so there, they, they, um, I had seen a vision. I told the leaders of the school of ministry. They said, you have to share that in church. I thought, you're crazy. You know, but th the next day, they called my name. I said out loud, help. It just happened. Uh, help! You know, but okay, I walked to the front. I saw these hundreds of people in this big church. And God started doing it again. Healing and miracles and stuff happened. And I stood there and this river flowed out of me. 
Why am I saying this in relation to people not knowing God? For the following reason. Out of those experiences, my ministry started. You know, I never planned on starting a ministry. People started inviting me. I came in churches time and again with no agenda, with no objective. You know, I couldn't prepare a sermon because I couldn't say it anyway. So I just was there and I said, God, have your way. And then he came. And in so many places, the people were happy. The people rejoiced. They were touched and moved and healed. But how can I say that? I don't want to hurt pastors. There are good pastors out there as well. And I know a few of them and they're really awesome. But there's a bunch of pastors out there who have an agenda. And they are, they are there for themselves. They want to be God. They want to be the boss. They want to control everything. And, you know, the worst persecution I've ever faced in my life was always from leaders in churches. One day I was invited to speak at a youth event, a conference in the Netherlands. And I came there and I said, guys, if you ask me, you know, you're going to get fired. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. We want that one. Great, great. This was a youth conference with three different youth groups from a mega church. So they had dozens of young people there. Each had their own youth pastor. I started speaking about, well, God started, God started expressing his love to the people. And I just stood there and watched. And I, I felt my mouth move, you know. The presence of God was so strong that a young man ran out of the room screaming. And, you know... I prayed for a lady. She burst out in tears. God poured out his love over her. You know, beautiful things happened. The next day, the leaders of the youth groups called me and said, David, you have to stop this. You know, these kids are not ready for this. Do you know that the lady you prayed for yesterday, she has several sexual relationships with married men? And I was like, I don't know. God just poured out his love over her. And God prophesied over her through me and said, my wind is going to blow through your life and it's going to blow your house totally clean. Well, God knew what he was saying. That same lady later went to a discipleship school in, in Australia and she became a servant of Christ. But what happened is that the majority of the people rejected God. They said, we don't want this. They literally said, God is coming too close. And I was like, how can you say that God is coming too close if you know that God is love? Why would you want to keep love at a distance? I, I don't get that. <laughs> but anyway, I experienced that time and again where I saw that all over the world, people pray to God. They talk about God. They preach about God. They write books about God. They make movies about God. And when God steps in, they close the door. They bar it. They, you know, all the windows closed. That did not just happen. That's not God. That's the devil. We are God. You know, we are on the show around here. And they keep God out as hard as they can. And, you know, there are very few people that I know that have genuine, genuine heartfelt relationship with the Father. And I, I remember one day, my mother 
she, yeah, she's 80 years old now something. Um, she told me once, she'd been she's been in various churches and she said, David, do you know why all these churches are so dead? Because none of the pastors have ever truly repented. They don't have a broken heart before God. And I was like, whoa, you know. So, yeah, I would agree with her that it's two, it's several things. It's false doctrine, like what I explained, that blinds people for God. They, they think God is some uncaring, selfish psychopath who tells all his people to abandon earth and leave billions of people into the horrible claws of demons to suffer forever. Instead of understanding that God gives his life, he pours out himself. He weeps over people. I've been, you know, God sent us several times to occult fairs. And, you know, before we went to the first occult fair, both my wife and I were overcome with the, the compassion of God. And we wept with a brokenness. We felt Jesus weep over the people who look for the light, but who wander around in darkness. They go to witches, they go to warlocks, they go to magicians, they go to all these occult you know, experiences and they never find peace. They never find healing. They never find true deliverance. And they get you know, enchained more and more and more and they, they end up in such darkness and Jesus poured out his brokenness over these people and he wept over them. And, and I mean, we wept. He wept in us and through us. And that's how he prepared us and said, okay, now you're ready to go. Now you love them. Just like I love them. You weep over these people. And that's, now you're ready to go and reach out to them. And we had experiences in, in yeah, in witchcraft ceremonies where we were sitting there and the chief witch and she is someone. She was someone who ha, who was, or maybe even is, regularly consulted by high-level politicians. You know, they all go to the dark realm. They all seek guidance from demons. All of them, even though they say other things on camera. But she was a very high-level witch, and. We walked up. I mean, she did all, all her rituals and, you know, she invited uh, the guardians of the West and the guardians of the East. Yeah, a bunch of stupid demons. So we said, you back off in Jesus' name. I mean, under our voice, of course. <laughs> so we were praying in that meeting, like, you know, yeah, we have dogs running around. So we, we prayed and we said, Holy Spirit, fill this place. And we covered this place with your blood, Lord Jesus. And this witch was doing all her rituals. And at the end of the rituals, those rituals were intended to fill the place with demonic power so she could gain power over the audience, but nothing happened. And out of, you know, the whole audience after her, her ceremony, she looked directly at us with these tired eyes. She just stared at us. Who are you? You know, nothing happened. And then at the end, you know, we attended that a few times and, the, the, the second time we prayed, we said, Holy Spirit, fill this place. And there were witches all over the place. They were walking amongst people with their little swords, casting spells on everyone to prepare everything, you know. 
the, 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 they prepared the whole scene. And we just said, Lord, fill this place with your presence. And heaven invaded that place. And we, we were sitting in the back and way in the front, witches were turning around and staring at us. Like, who are they? What are they doing? There was a girl sitting behind us. She had brought a bunch of friends. This individual girl said, we are not at ease. So spirits were speaking through her. We are not at ease. It's different than other times. There was a girl sitting in front of us. She got up and walked out. After the whole ritual, people flocked to us. Who are you? What are you doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love Jesus. You know, Jesus loves you too. And yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. We went to the chief witch and Holben. Another witch walked by and she looked at us and she said, oh, so much love. And she walked off. We came to the chief witch and Renata, my wife, gave her a hug. And then I also hugged her. She leaped back screaming like, Rah! she said, what is this? I'm buzzing all over. And I said, well, yeah, that's, that's just the power of God. It's, it's his presence. And we had a very interesting conversation with her. And she said, David, do you know that I studied the Bible for nine years? Well, that threw me back for a little bit. I was like, what? <laughs> what can I say about, you know? And then I heard God say, but you never met me. So I told her, yeah, you studied the Bible, but you never encountered God. And then she was, <laughs> yeah, then she didn't know anything to say. So, you know, we've experienced the presence and the power and the love and the healing and the goodness of God. And, you know, I don't even know why I'm saying all of this. I'm just, oh, yeah, answering your, your, your question. God is very real. He's very real. He's very real. But he's being blocked out of the churches. He's being shut down by every means possible. But I can't boast because it was my brokenness that led me to encounter how God, how real God is. I see all these pastors and they, they, they go to schools and they learn how to preach. But it's them preaching. It's them doing the talking. I couldn't talk. I stood there, you know, in some... Well, one day I had to speak in a church in England and I stood there at the front, you know, with, with my back to the people. This was also one of the, yeah, this was the second time I preached in English and I cried in desperation. I was like, Lord, I can't do this. I'm going to make such a fool of myself. I, I, I will stutter so badly. I can't do this. And then I stood there and God said, well, David, if you can do it, let me have a go, you know? And so, bomb. And, <laughs> So I started learning that it's God who does it. It's God who does it, not me. And it reminds me, you know, when we surrender truly to God and say, it's not about me. I'm just here for a couple of years. You know, it's about you healing humanity. So we were asked one day by a young girl, a young woman, and she had all kinds of emotional problems. And she, she asked us for help. And so we I met her. We drove a few hours to meet her and she drove a few hours. So, yeah, we met halfway and she said that she hated everybody. And she didn't know why. She said, I hate everyone, but I don't want to hate them. Why do I hate everybody? I can't hug my mom. I can't love my mother. I can't accept her love. Why is that? And I was like, I don't know. So I didn't pull out a book full of psychological you know, fiffle and wiffle. 
Like, okay, page 516 says that you blah, blah. No, no. I haven't got a clue. I said, I, I can't help you. So let's pray for you. So we just laid our hands on her and we just asked God to heal her. To, to just, you know, and she, she, she felt God's presence. And two weeks later, she sent us an email. And she said, David, the most weird things have been happening the past weeks. She said, I was laying on my bed. Well, she had explained to us, I have to recap. She had explained to us that she was a premature birth. And that when she was born, people had taken her away from her mother. And had isolated her somewhere else and that's where her anger towards people came from they had taken her from her mommy and her mommy wasn't there so she, you know she had in her tiny little prematurely born heart she had this resentment against people because people had stolen her mommy from her they had isolated her and you know she never realized that that was one thing that i i believe god showed me during our conversation I told, I felt something happened very, very long ago that traumatized you. Uh, makes me a little emotional. Anyway, um, so we prayed for her. So her trauma came from her birth. She had a traumatizing birth experience. And that's why she hated everybody. Because everybody represented the people who took her away from her mommy. She said... After we prayed for her, two weeks later, she said, I was laying on my bed. I had this amazing experience. All of a sudden, everything was dark. And I felt like I was in a small, I don't know why this makes me emotional. But she said, I felt I was in a small and confined space. And suddenly, I heard the sound of rushing water. And suddenly, I saw bright light. And I came out of the darkness. <laughs> so she re-experienced her birth. And she said, I was overwhelmed with longing to hug my mommy. And she was 18 years old, 17 years old. And for the first time in her life, she hugged her mother. And she ran out to her mom. She hugged her. And she said, for the past days, I'm constantly walking around and I'm making baby sounds. You know, and I was like, God is restoring your first days and weeks. He's restoring your soul at the deepest level. He, he's, he has completely given you a new birth experience. In a dark place, you hear water flowing, bright light all of a sudden, and there's your mommy, and you can hold her. And she said that she has no hatred for anybody anymore. It's all gone. You know, these are things that God does when we stop running the show. When we stop thinking that we are so big and we are so powerful. When we think, Lord, it's you. You are the one. In my brokenness, have your way. And we had meetings in Europe where we didn't prepare anything. No songs and no sermons. We said, Lord, it's you who has to do it. You know, just have your way. And then, you know, yeah, he gave us songs and hundreds of people started dancing spontaneously. For the first time in their life in church, just joy broke out, you know. And then I got 50 emails later with testimonies where people said how they were healed and delivered and all kinds of beautiful things had happened. But in most churches, I'm hated and rejected. And that, you know, I, there are very few people who want to know God, 
who want to know him as he truly is because they want to be in control. They want to be the ones who have the spotlights on them. And it's a difficult thing to surrender all the control. It's a difficult thing to, you know, but I believe that false doctrine and the pride of men are two things that keep humanity from God. And I believe that God is breaking both of them. Whew. Wow, man. Um, that was, Don't that ask was, me any more questions. Was, that, I'm that going to say <laughs> All right. So I do have one more question. I do have one more question because uh, I want to make sure that you're able to articulate this. Um, and thank you, by the way, thank you for answering that. And thank you for just everything you just shared. That was pretty amazing to hear all that. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm sure everybody who's listening to this feels the same way. Um, all right. Last question that I have for you, my friend, you have something very special you're releasing on Saturday. Yeah. And you and I talked about this on the phone the other day and, um, you shared it with me and, um, it, the timing of why we talk and when we talk is beyond me. And I am not even going to try to understand it, but you are going to share this on Saturday. What will pe what, what will be revealed on Saturday when you release this film? Yeah. Okay. I have to explain that as quickly and as concise yep. and clear as possible. What's happening right now in the world is a strategy to completely steal everything from humanity rights freedoms all possessions all natural resources all finances you know uh, even everything this is re is presented to the world as the most beautiful thing that ever happened to humanity and its official name is agenda 2030 by the united nations it's an agenda that claims to eradicate all poverty uh, you know end all hunger make the earth a paradise Millions of people in governments, in education, in media, in law enforcement, in all kinds of industries think that it's a wonderful thing. Because if you read Agenda 2030, it's phenomenal. It's heaven on earth. They're going to save humanity. The reality, however, is that it's the exact opposite. That the true agenda is not to help anyone. The true agenda is to enslave everyone. And what will happen on Saturday is a man, high-level guy from the United Nations, who worked for two decades at highest level. And he made a choice. He was on a mission to the Marshall Islands, where... He saw that the people died on average at age of 180 or 200 years. <laughs> they, they got twice as old as the rest of humanity. They lived in paradise, real paradise. No global corporations, no oversight of a World Health Organization. They didn't even know doctors. They lived so harmonious in nature. They lived in unity with their creator. They didn't even know lawyers. Then the United States came in the 60s and they bombed the whole place with their nukes. They did nuclear experiments. Now the people only live 40, 45 years. You know, everything's totally destroyed. This man made a report about that for the United Nations. And then he saw how 
they did everything to prevent him from making this public everything. They canceled his press conference. And after decades, you know, I mean, he, he's going to reveal so much, so much. He's going to say so much that the world needs to hear. It's, it's very powerful. And I made a film out of it. It's an interview, but I created a film from it. And, you know, the United Nations is the platform for the forces of darkness to deceive humanity with beautiful words into the deepest of darkness. What they really want to do is so nefarious. And the, the reason I am extremely excited about this event is because I've never seen a man expose something so professionally, so profound, and in such a beautiful way as this man. And he calls people, he basically says, you know, the world is run by criminal oligarchs. They don't want you to be happy. They, don't, they steal all the natural resources from every country. There's not a single country in Africa that is free. They're all owned by these oligarchs who steal all the riches from the nations. And then they say in Agenda 2030, oh, we will eradicate poverty. I mean, it's, the hypocrisy is just mind-boggling. But he says the answer is that people have to reconnect with God, have to reconnect with the Creator. People have to turn back to nature and disconnect from these global corporations that tell us who we are and tell us how we live. You know, his message is so profound and is so and I set aside everything that I was doing. I was busy with several reports and, you know, and then I saw this. And everything inside of me leaped and felt I have to drop everything, take this interview and turn it into the most beautiful production I've ever made. Because the message this man has, has to be, um, how do you say that? Has to be enlarged mm -hmm. and has to be made loud. And the whole world has to hear him. This man has a message from God on his heart to expose the United Nations. And, you know, the once the United Nations comes down, if they are fully and thoroughly exposed to enough people and to the right people, then the whole plan for world tyranny falls apart because the United Nations was set up for this very reason, to become this platform for world tyranny. They claimed it was for world peace, but their true agenda was always for world tyranny. That's why they caused the world wars. They organized these world wars to have an excuse to set up the United Nations. And now they have the United Nations and they can use that to start towards a one world government. You know, they always work very strategic. Jesus said the children of darkness are far more strategic than the children of light. And that sadly, that's true. And we have to learn from that. He, Jesus said it for a reason. But so Saturday is going to be very powerful because this documentary, this film, is the most beautiful thing I've ever made. And, you know, it's basically this interview that Ryan Filmich did. And, and, and he's a phenomenal guy. And... Uh, I've just, I present that in a very, very beautiful cinematic way to humanity so that millions of people will see it. 
And I believe that this is something that will go to people in governments, people in the UN, people who are not evil, but they are blind. They are right. hypnotized. They haven't got a clue what's going on. And the testimony of this whistleblower can open their eyes and their minds and can show them, I'm a slave of a corrupt system. I have to get out of here and I have to change it, you know. So I believe that this is, uh, I consider this to be one of my stones in, in my slingshot of little David <laughs> that I'm going to sling and that, you know, this will be part of taking down the whole agenda for world tyranny. Well, you know what? we I think I said this to you the other day. You got the right name for it, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, David, you are. So, um, yeah. Well, David, uh, this has been, um, as always, uh, enlightening. It's been uh, just, I don't even know how to put it into words, quite honestly, but it's 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 been a real pleasure and an honor to talk to you again and um i we pre we just appreciate you sharing all this and i i like i told you the other day i cannot wait for saturday um what time is it going to be released do you have a time yeah I, um you know it's it's actually not time related it's okay. it's just yeah just the film will be released uh friday late night okay so that gotcha. on saturday it it'll just be there and after that it'll be available on the website forever you know or perfect for as long as it's needed. So, yeah. Um, well, thank you for being on. Um, is there, any, is there anything that you want to just leave us with before we say good night and part ways and, uh, and I go sit by my, you know, computer for the next whatever, 48 hours in anticipation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking I would actually like to pray. Because, you know, as I said, we talk too much about God and we don't talk enough to him. So I don't want to make the same mistake. So I want to invite everyone who feels in his or her heart a longing to come home. If you feel that you are wandering about, you are lost, you have been seeking answers all over the place, but haven't really found them, you know, oh, angels here and spirit guides there or whatever, you know, intergalactic mm. stuff that has never been proven, but it's a strain of hope that people hold on to. If you want to find the real stuff, the real father who loves you, then I, I invite you to just open your heart. And, I'm, you know, I just want to pray and, and people who have an open heart, who have a longing heart to, to know him who loves them, to really find their their source and destiny. Yeah, just pray along. And yeah, yeah, just listen, open your heart. And I believe that God is going to do something for a lot of people. So, and this is not religious. I want to say that, you know, I'm, I'm just going to pray how I pray. And so I want to invite all of you to shift from your mind to your heart. That's the whole clue. With our minds, we criticize and judge and reject with our hearts when we become little children and open our hearts in all vulnerability, in all authenticity, then we can encounter our, our maker. So shift from your critical mind to a childlike heart and just receive that which you were born for. So Father, I just want to ask you, I've said a lot about you, my own experiences, my encounters with you, Lord. They're just little glimpses of who you are. 
little glimpses of your incredible beauty. Father, there's no way I can show your, you to people. It's something that you do with them individually in their own life. But I pray, Father, that you will really show yourself to all of us, that you would totally remove the blindfold from our mind that has been put there by forces of darkness who are terrified of us really coming home with you. I pray for your Holy Spirit. I pray for your presence. I pray that you would really reveal yourself to those people that you know are ready to meet you, to really find the one who is too beautiful for words. Amen. All righty. Well, David, um, thanks again, yep. man. We're uh, Thank you for that wonderful prayer. And then uh, we are going to be waiting with anticipation. So Yeah, tomorrow is going to be really um, powerful. Probably, and I invite everyone to go yeah. and to share this video any way you can. Because I believe that this is going to be a tool unlike any other. This is going to be a, a well, tool to awaken very important people. Folks, that website is stopworldcontrol.com. So if you go to stopworldcontrol.com, uh, and I've been on there a bunch of times, David, just seeing perhaps if it was released a little bit early, and I was, but it wasn't. So, uh, but it's uh, stopworldcontrol.com, folks. And, um, you know, like David said, watch it, share it. Um, this is going to be, this is going to be truly magnificent. I have a good, uh, I have this feeling that, uh, it's going to be uh, something that everyone is going to want and need to hear and see. So, David, God bless you, brother. God bless everything that you're doing. Your work is critical in this movement and this restoration of, of bringing people back to God. And God bless everybody out there who's listening. We, we appreciate you and love you more than you could possibly imagine. And the support you give us is incredible. And as always, God bless not just the United States of America, but God bless all of humanity. And um, David, have an awesome evening, brother. And uh, until next time, be safe and well, everyone. Awesome. Talk to you soon, man.